Hello and welcome to another episode of Dirty Dishes and today is probably going to be one of my more um, emotional podcasts Um, just because I am talking about something that is deeply personal to me. Um, Some people are aware of this situation and some are not. Um, October is Domestic Violence Awareness and I am going to talk about my experience with um, some mental abuse and a little bit of physical abuse. Um, Not many people know that my ex-spouse was an abusive person. Some had an inkling that something was wrong. Um, Some just thought he was a straight up jerk. Um, Our relationship lasted over a decade and some people will probably question how a person, an abusive relationship like that, could be with someone for over a decade. Um, it does happen. Um, I am here to tell you that I am a smart, independent woman. Um, I got caught up um, with being... Um, I don't know how to put it, to say that you got caught up. Um, It's a hard situation to describe if you've never been in this situation. It's hard at times for people to understand or sympathize with um, because the go-to is why didn't you just leave? Um, The problem is most of the time you love your abuser. You don't know how to get out or It takes years of planning for you to actually get out of the situation that you're in. Um, If you've listened to my previous podcast, um, you're well aware that um, there's a time like two years into my marriage when we are officially married um, that I realized two years in I had to get out. And so... It took me about three years to get the ball rolling and get everything set up um, so I could leave in the free and clear. Um, What I'm going to talk about is the signs of an abusive relationship, whether it is mental or whether it is physical. Um, Both are traumatic. Um, I will say that... Being from this situation, um, it was extremely difficult. And you will probably hear my voice weaken at times. You will probably hear my voice crack. And that's the emotion of revisiting this. Um, One of the things is, where do I begin with this? Um, I will start out by saying... It was always about him. I was 21 years old when I met my ex-husband. I had been in one pretty serious relationship prior to him. Um, The guy I was with prior to my ex-spouse, he was a very sweet, um, gentle person, um, but he didn't have a whole lot of ambition in life. He wasn't very goal-driven, and that was a problem for me. So one of my guy friends set me up with my ex-spouse because they worked together and um, I instantly liked 
my ex-spouse um, on our blind date. And the reason why I liked him was he seemed like a take charge person. He um, appeared to have a really good job and he was tall, which is <laughs> was always one of my prerequisites with any guy I dated. They had to be taller than me. Don't ask me why. It was just a thing. Um, and he knew how to take charge. And that was something that I liked. Um, you know, kind of the alpha male. So, um, that was where my journey started with him. Um, two years later, um, we would move in together into his apartment. Um, one of the things that I started to notice, um, looking back on it, not at the time, looking back was it was always about him. Um, yes, there are selfish men. There are selfish women out there. It doesn't mean they're abusers, of course, but that is something, um, that looking back on was very apparent. Um, I remember like him having a, a discussion with me about, um, cause I was still in college at the time when we met and he was like, I need my truck fixed. I don't have the money for my truck. I need help. And I remember him asking me for money and I would, um, give him that money. I would give him a thousand dollars of my college money to get his truck fixed. Um, the other thing that I would find out later with this is this was in a pattern with his um, ex-girlfriend before me. Um, that he put a lot of financial responsibility on her. Um, I will say this is something that happens in a mentally abusive relationship and a physically abusive relationship too. Um, they will control the dollars and cents. They will tell you... Um, they have control over the money. And I will say that is one of the biggest, um, things that happened. Um, I will say that it did not start in the beginning of our relationship. It wasn't like he started controlling my money, um, or his money right away. Um, that would be probably a good four years in. Um, it started off slow. Um, it got to the point where I had to sit there and bargain for everything. And being as young as I was, I didn't have the experience or the knowledge to know that I was bargaining for everything that I needed and everything that I wanted. Um, he was very slow to ever progress our relationship as well. Um that's also all about him. He would always tell me, well, I'm just not sure that you're the one. And this would continue even into us building a home together. Looking back on it, that was probably pure manipulation. Um, something as simple as not being committed. Um, yes, there again, I'll, I'll say there's men and women out there who um, are not you know, into commitment, marriage. They think it's just a piece of paper and that's fine. Um, but he, yeah, when, if I wanted something really badly, he was against it. 
Um, I remember pulling up to a gas station and I was pumping gas and my friend was there who had set us up and I remember this as clear as day because it was such a pivotal moment looking back over the course of my relationship. Um, I was standing there pumping gas and my friend came up to me and he's like, Hey, how's it going? You know, just making small talk. And he's like, I just want to tell you that you're dating an asshole. I think my friend was trying to warn me and I think, um, he didn't know how to do it because, well, one, sometimes guys, you know, they're not the most comfortable with their feelings at times. And he said, you know, he's going to get fired at some point. He's very, you know, argumentative at work and it always has to be his way. And he doesn't feel like he has to tell the boss anything. Like he'll just randomly come in late. He just doesn't care. And me being in my 20s. And again, I I will probably go back to that several, several times. Um... I was just like, what? You know, like that doesn't, um, make sense. Um, one thing that I will say with a partner who, you know, is abusive, who is, um, in that state of mind, they often feel like the law and the authority does not apply to them. And this would happen several times over in our relationship with him and his job. Um, Another example I will give you is that um, he would put the responsibility on me um, to get him up in the morning. Um, This is a person who worked a second shift job. Morning (laughs) should be, you know, probably nine eight, nine in the morning, you know, morning to him was getting up 15 minutes before work. Um, I remember feeling so much pressure from him to get him up and make sure he was up and moving to work. I remember times of calling him probably 15 times to try to get him up. Um, but again, he tried to make that my responsibility and, that was another form of manipulation because he was a grown-up. Um, he was 25 years old. He knew what responsibility was. He knew what work was. He just didn't want that responsibility or that burden on him. Um, the mental abuse, um, I would say, was that I was never good enough. Um, I was never thin enough. This would become a problem. I would go through um, two plastic surgeries. Excuse me. I would go through two plastic surgeries. um, One for breast augmentation and another one for liposuction. So anybody who knows me um, knows that I was a pretty thin person. So for me to go through liposuction, mm, not the best idea. It was a long recovery. It was terrible. Um, But I felt like I had to do this um, for him to love me. And some will say, well, you must have been a victim of low self-esteem. Not all of us that are 
in these relationships have low self-esteem. Um, I think that's a very common misconception um, that we're just lowly people um, looking for a handout and this guy found us. Um, my situation is not like that. Um, I, I didn't consider myself to be a weak person. Um, manipulation can really take over and it's a tragic thing. So I had both surgeries done. Um, again, he was like, you know, it became, if you get breast implants, then we can get married. And it became again, bargaining. Um, It would also become a problem like him thinking I was too fat. Um, At the end of our relationship, I weighed 140 pounds. Prior to that, um, when I got with him, um, at 125 pounds, I was too fat for him. I will look back later on and I will see pictures of myself and I will see how thin I was, almost disgustingly thin. Um, I will never forget an incident um, where I came home from the grocery store and I had bought a couple things of popcorn, I think, and maybe some Pringles chips. You know, they sounded good at the time and he was unpacking groceries with me and he got angry and said, why is there popcorn and Pringles in this bag? You know, that's not on your diet. He would proceed to get very angry and throw both bags of popcorn on the floor in front of me, just like threw them at me on the floor. Um, throw the bag, throw the canister Pringles. Um, it was crazy. Um, he would monitor what I ate. Yes, you heard that correctly. Um, he would make it like if I wanted ice cream, like I'm like, oh, let's go on an ice cream run. He'd be like, no, no, we're not going to go get ice cream because, you know, that's not healthy and that's going to make you fat. And his thing would be like, what are you going to do without me? You know, what would you ever do without me? And that's another typical form of abuse. What would you ever do without me? They can convince you that you cannot live without them. Without them, you won't be able to function in this world. Um, he also... Um, had this issue with my family and family events. Um, One of the biggest turning points was my grandmother's funeral. I was late to my grandmother's funeral. I will say that was one of my major turning points. I would attend my grandparents' funerals alone. My ex-husband would not attend with me. I would attend their wake alone and then he would show up for the actual funeral day acting like the supportive spouse. 
I can't tell you in the history of our relationship how many times I went to family events alone. I would later hear from him that he never gave a shit about my family. When my aunt passed away tragically in a car accident, um, he told me that he didn't care. Basically, his mantra was that I didn't matter. Um, that should have been a major turning point when that happened with my aunt. And, um, I can't tell you why it wasn't, um, except that I just wasn't there. And that is one of the biggest things with mental and physical abuse is you just aren't ready to leave. You have to be mentally prepared to leave. Um, We would at um, some point also get a dog. This story, I have only confessed to a few people. I would end up taking the dog to the pound later um, or the shelter uh, because I came home from working third shift at the hospital one night and I see the dog in the cage and the dog is like, barely has any room in the cage and I'm like what is happening and I wake up my ex-spouse and I say to him what happened why is the dog like that and he would tell me that the dog ran off that night and that he couldn't find him and that he ended up beating the crap out of the dog with a flashlight that he ended up heating up a knife on the stove and burning the dog. At that point, I called a friend, said, you got to help me. I got to get the dog out of here. Again, I can't tell you why that didn't, it set off alarm bells, but why it didn't force me to leave. But one of the reasons it didn't force me to leave was that he blamed me for what happened to the dog. He told me because I had stressed him out so much in between work and his side gig of racing and the fact that he had so much stress because he and I were arguing so much that he had nowhere else to turn when the dog ran away and decided that he would take it out on the dog. He blamed me. And that is also a pattern. You are always to blame and you are never enough. And it's an extremely, extremely difficult situation to be blamed for every single problem. To be told that you're not worth it. And... I can't tell you how many times I had to pick myself up off the ground after these conversations or these arguments or the manipulation that would play out. Um, Also, I would eventually call his father and I would say, you need to come get your son. Um, He was in the kitchen cooking. My ex-spouse was in the kitchen cooking and we were having a discussion about something and he got really upset 
and he just started punching things and hitting things and all the stuff in the kitchen like the cupboards um I I remember the cupboard I remember him hitting that because I had glassware and I remember it clanging that sound and you know his dad wouldn't do anything about it so I hung up with his dad and I called his sister and I said, you need to come do something about your brother. Neither one of his family members would take any responsibility for him that night to get him away from me. Yes, I do understand that I should have called the cops. I do understand that. But at the time, when you still feel that you love this person, you don't want to call the cops on somebody you love. And that is why so many stories by women or men of domestic violence recant their stories because they believe that this person can change. You are constantly in the state of belief that it will change, that it will get better if you're better. In my situation, I believed if I was thinner, if I was better looking, um, if I made more money, it would resolve the problems. Things would eventually get worse when his racing career stalled. I became even more of the whipping person. Um, it got worse with money because all of a sudden um, he couldn't race anymore. His money wasn't going towards his passion or his true love. He just couldn't handle it. I remember living in the house that we built together for 10 years and he eventually, I said that wrong, <laughs> let me back up. I remember living in the house for 10 years and I really wanted to get the inside of the house painted because after 10 years, paint fades, you know, the walls are marked up, what have you. And he wanted to fight me the whole way about painting the inside of our home. He didn't want to deal with it. He didn't want to do it. So I ended up picking out paints for the bathroom and the living room and the kitchen. And I remember I got really sick around that time as well. I just didn't feel well at all. I felt terrible. And he proceeded to tell me that I should have helped more, that I wasn't doing enough. Um, and it was just so frustrating. Um, these were what I would consider his little manipulations, that nothing was ever good enough. Um, that was his biggest theme I would say throughout our entire relationship um, there was also an incident in um, a grocery store a chain grocery store where he tried to run into me with the cart several times one of the biggest things I learned from that was that people will not even bat an eye if somebody is trying to do something harmful to you Maybe I was in a situation where nobody cared that day. I'm not really sure. But 
I remember looking around thinking, doesn't anybody see what he's doing? But I think that is also a problem nowadays is that a lot of people think, well, it's not my place. It's not my business. And they don't want to get hurt or get caught in a situation um, where they might um, end up being the victim. And, And I totally understand that. But sometimes you have to reach out and sometimes you have to help people. It, and it's it's necessary. Um, I still wake up with trauma, with nightmares. Um, I had to go on anxiety medication for a while. And in order to get out of my marriage, I had to do therapy for probably a year or more. There were so many red flags. I did not know what was happening to me. I did not know that this man was manipulating me into staying with him. I didn't know that there were times when I felt like I was going crazy, that he was gaslighting me. I had no idea. I encourage any father, mother, daughter, sister, grandmother, teach your children what abuse is teach them the signs. I encourage high school, middle school, let's talk about it. Let's tell people these are the signs. Let's tell people these are the symptoms. This is how you will feel. You will feel obligated to this person. Um, They will threaten to kill themselves. I also had my ex-spouse threaten that. I had him call me and tell me that he was a better person, that he had changed. There is no change in those situations. It is very rare if there are any changes made. So if there is anyone out there who is going through a situation um, that I'm describing, or you feel like there's no hope, or you feel as though you'll never escape this situation, um... You will, you can, um, you will find the strength to do it. Um, I suggest too that you tell friends, you tell family, um, whether they believe you or not. Um, even if you tell his family at some point and they don't believe you, um, tell, talk, um, even if they don't listen or they don't want to believe you. Um, You need to also have that friend that you can trust and that you can rely on and go to and say, hey, this is what's happening. Um, I was fortunate. I had um, a couple of really close friends who listened and um, understood. And I had a therapist who I was telling these things. And I will never forget um, my therapist bringing up a word to me that I had never really I'd heard it, but I didn't know the definition of it. And she said, do you think that your spouse is a narcissist? And I got to looking into that and he did have multiple characteristics of a narcissistic personality. And I would later dig in deep to that and try to understand how that happens. And, um, some people can get better through therapy, um, if they have narcissism. But, um, most of the time they fight against it. So if you know anything about that, um, 
they are very controlling people and I encourage you to find your escape plan I encourage you to get your restraining orders um I think it's more difficult sometimes for women who have children um fortunate or unfortunate I didn't have any children with my ex-spouse so I was able to move on a little bit easier but I think if you have children you know document everything record it um whatever you need to do um there is a website or a group that I belong to on Facebook called break the silence and it is something that has really helped me reading stories. Now, do all the stories have happy endings? No, they do not. But reading the stories about people and how they, <clears throat> you know, worked through it or they developed a plan or um, people who were in a relationship for 8, 10, 20 years with somebody who was an abuser. Um you are not alone in this situation. You may feel like you are alone, but you are not. Um, it can happen to anyone. I don't care your background, your race, your ethnicity, um, straight, gay, lesbian, bi, tri. I don't care. It doesn't matter what your sexuality is. Um, it's never appropriate. It's never right. And it's never the answer. Um, there are times I wish I would have gotten out sooner, but at the same time, I also feel that if I had tried to get out sooner, I wouldn't have had the strength and I would have came back to him at some point. Um, do not ever let um, a man or a woman tell you that they that you will never be able to live without them. That is not true. You were living just fine before you met them and you'll live just fine after you're done. Um, that is a total move in every abusive card deck, um, that you can't make it, that you won't survive. Um, I encourage you to get therapy during the situation and after. I encourage you to get therapy for your children as well. Um, because kids need comfort and understanding as well as you yourself, the parent do. Um, as I said before, I really wish there were some kind of programs in schools and maybe they have those programs now, but I would love to see programs in schools that actually talk about domestic violence, that actually talk about the signs of, um, narcissism. There's a lot online about it. But I think you can read all day long, but until you really know someone in that situation or you experience it for yourself, reading about it just doesn't cut it. Um, I also feel that Netflix did a really great job with this one show called Dirty John. You want to um, watch that on Netflix at some point. And it stars Eric Bana. I know that. Um, I cannot think of the female lead at this point. But if you watch Dirty John, um, brought to you by, I think it was set in Los Angeles. Um, it, it depicts a man who can manipulate a lot of situations. And how this woman um, was so taken in by him and everything he said and everything he did. And she was a very smart, successful woman. 
and he was able to manipulate his way into her life and into her children's lives. So it's, it's not anything that, um, you did wrong. I think that's a lot of times what women and men feel like they did something wrong or something went haywire somewhere. And this is why this is happening to them. And some people it's a cycle. Um, I do know that to be true. In my case, it's not a cycle. It's something that purely happened. Um, nothing in my past history would say that um, I was going to end up in a mentally and sometimes physically abusive relationship. Nothing pointed to that. Um, so it, it doesn't matter, you know, whether your life was heading down the tubes. It doesn't matter if you were a CEO at a major company. You know, it is something that I preach over and over again that it can happen to anyone. It can happen at any time of your life. It doesn't matter if you're a 15 year old and you're just starting to date. It doesn't matter if you're a 70 year old and you're, you know, dating. It doesn't matter. Um, it can happen at any time, anywhere. So um, I hope that what I said has some kind of impact. I hope that maybe somebody listening checks on a friend or their brother or their sister or their mother, um, their father, whoever. Um, I also hope that this experience um, maybe puts some people's minds at ease about the fact that they feel stupid for sticking around or they feel like they were crazy. Um, It's important to share our stories. It took me years to get to this point where I could actually accept the fact that I was in a situation like that where I could actually talk about it and I could actually tell some people about it in my life because there's shame behind it. There's embarrassment and that's totally normal and that is something that you have to work through and process and realize that it happens to people, that it happens in life, that people abusing other people has gone on for years. It's not new, but um, it is more um, out in the open now than it was in maybe the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s. Um, so, you know, culture changes and things like that have brought more spotlight onto people who are abused um, mentally or physically or stalked or um, any of those situations. So, I sincerely hope that anybody who has a situation like that or they know a friend or or family that has that um, possible situation that you check on those people. They may not be able to leave. They may not want to hear what you have to say, but a simple text of how are you doing and don't sugarcoat it. Tell me how you really are. Um, or expressing your concern that somebody isn't who they seem to be. Um, I would hear a lot of that after I got divorced um, about feeling like he didn't ever want me to be around my family. And that's the other thing, Um, being able to isolate the person from their family. And that's a huge, huge problem. Um... So if you see that or you feel in your gut like something isn't right, trust it. If they want to take you away from your family, don't allow them to do that unless your family is in a bad situation. 
granted everything's situational, but I would really hope that my story helps somebody or helps somebody heal or helps somebody move forward because that's all I could ask for out of this or they join a support group or they go to therapy. So if you ever feel at some point that you don't have the strength to go on, that you don't have the courage to do it, I'm here to tell you that you can, that you can find a way out.